earned capital in the campaign, political capital, and now I intend to spend it. And now I intend to spend it. You're listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire on News Talk 1290. Join the conversation on Facebook at hashtag America's Healthcare Challenge or like our page at facebook.com backslash America's Healthcare Challenge. This is a Robin Hood proposal in reverse. We're throwing five to 10 million people off of health insurance, raising premiums for low-income and working class people, defunding Planned Parenthood, denying over two million women the right to get health care where they want. But the good news is, for all of you who are watching, if you're in the top 2%, Republicans are there for you, a very significant tax break. (laughs) That's Bernie Sanders calling the uh, Congressional Budget Office uh, analysis and the uh, AHCA overall the op basically the opposite of Robin Hood. Robin Hood in reverse. Robin Hood taking from the rich, giving to the poor. The, he, him asserting that uh, the AHCA taking from the poor and giving to the rich. Alan Hager joining us uh, on America's Healthcare Challenge, contributor extraordinaire. Alan, uh, what was your your thoughts? I, I feel like um, I wish we could uh, go back to the future one week when we predicted that a lot of the things in the CBO report would come true. Your reaction. Right, yeah, no, you're totally accurate on that, that, you know, that the CBO report come out, it said it would cut deficit, but that more people would be uninsured, that premiums likely could go up, uh, that the deductibles could go up. So, you know, it was a very mixed bag, and I see that the uh, Republicans are, you know, whether it's the OMB releasing their own score, showing something completely different uh, to just... uh, Slamming the CBO, saying that this is not accurate in any way. That you know, oh, let's look at Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, where they overestimated the number of people that would be on uh, the exchanges. So you know, for the most part, it was very much a mixed bag. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, do you think they're going to be able to get this done by the Easter recess? I know that's a deadline that they're they're kind of trying to propose and push because. They want to be able to get to some of their other domestic agenda items. I, I think it's an uphill battle. What do you think? Well, I do also think that it's an uphill battle. And, you know, when you hear Susan Collins coming out yesterday saying she's not in support of the AHCA, that really puts us uh, on one member of uh, one member in the Senate. And so, uh, you know, in Louisiana, John Kennedy, the new senator from that state, he's getting uh, pressure uh, to vote against it is going to be a lot of the wagons around certain Republicans uh, who come from moderate states, John McCain and others, uh, to try and uh, defeat this in the Senate. What was um, one of your biggest surprises in in the report? I I, I was surprised that it it, it uh, reduced the deficit allegedly by by three hundred and thirty two. I believe, or 337, right in that number, right in that range. Yeah. Um, I I think that it actually cut the deficit, I think, for me, uh, was one of the uh, biggest takeaways, uh, biggest surprises in this bill. But again, the way they structured the legislation with uh, Medicaid and elimination of Medicaid expansion and some of the other provisions and taxes inside of the Affordable Care Act, you know, also help lower or, uh, uh, you know, come to the conclusion, at least in the according to the CBO, that 
that it was going to lower the deficit and not raise that. I, I still have my questions about that whole thought process because where do you find the funding for some of these programs inside the American Health Care Act is still a big question. Hey, Alan, Matt here. Hey, I got a question. I got a question for you as well, along the same lines that you and Sean are just talking about. Um, what are the chances that, you know, we've seen a lot of the, the narrative right now that the Freedom Caucus, guys like uh, Rand Paul, are pushing back against um, these types of, pushing back against the bill that's up right now. Uh, where's, right. Where, where is it in the conversation right now that uh, Medicaid is actually going to be insolvent uh, in about 10 years from now? I mean, they, they, they want to push for this Medicaid expansion, uh, both both the what we would call moderates in both parties, or I like to call them progressives, but you know they want to push for these ideas like expanding Medicaid. And then the pushback, the narrative, uh, you know, the pushback is from Democrats is that, you know, we're going to we're going to kill grandma, right? We're going to throw grandma off the cliff and that sort of thing. But where's the where is this in the conversation from the Republicans uh, that Medicaid is doomed to fail by 2028, according to some bipartisan uh, you know, budgeting groups? Where, where is that? Why is there no pushback from Republicans on this idea of expanding uh, entitlement programs? Well, I would I think, Matt, that's a great question, and, and that's something that I know I've been asking, and, and Rand Paul, Mike Lee, and Jim Jordan and others have been asking that same question. Now, mind you that the media hasn't been focused on that. They've been focused on the Republicans and killing grandma. They're trying to kill uh, the poor and, and indignant people as well within this legislation. Um, but uh, it is there. There is a, a, a strong group of, of uh, liberty warriors uh, on the Freedom Caucus that, that are pushing back. Um, it's quite interesting you, when you see uh, those on the, on the right, Jim Jordan and, and others, saying that uh, this is not the way to go, especially in Medicaid. Um, you do see some, some uh, very narrow glimpse of, of light within some type of Medicaid reform uh, in this legislation, actually, where, uh, you know, they're talking about block-granting dollars back to the state. Now, here's my uh, thing about Medicaid. First off, I can tell you now, a lot of the hospitals and uh, are, are coming out against the, afford the uh, American Health Care Act because of a lot of the changes within the insurance and people who are losing uh, insurance, but also from a provider impact perspective, because it does change the payment plan, uh, the, pay, the way hospitals and doctors are paid. Um, but I would also say that this specific plan, the, Afford the American Health Care Act, gives states uh, incentive to basically load up their uh, in, their, their, their Medicaid plans with with people through 2020, because if the more the more people you have on there, the more money is going to come from the federal government. That's a huge issue that nobody's talking about right now. It's almost like the um, you remember the, the the concept of spiking with the pensions. You know how folks would work exactly. Work. That's what they're they're going to do. Spiking. That's a scary thing to think about. Yeah, uh, totally, Sean. That that is something to be totally frightened of within Medicaid and, and because this plan specifically lays that out in that form. 
Right. Let's, you, you got available for one more segment. We're up against a timeout. I want to get more into this Medicaid issue on providers and what it yes, means for uh, – all right, we'll, we'll, uh, we're, we'll take a timeout here and be right back with uh, a little bit more with Alan Hager. And uh, we're going to break down this this issue of, of what he just talked about, which I think is, is incredibly important, potentially states – spiking their Medicaid rolls in order to get more money from the federal government. Is your head spinning? Because mine kind of is. That is so much money moving around. I, I don't know if you ever saw the show The Wire, but one of my favorite shows ever on HBO, and they always said follow the money, and that's what we're trying to do. We'll be right back.